Hey, Bill, what's the best song about toughness? Oh, is it... Uh... I was just singing it. Yeah. New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block. Yeah, it was like hang, Hanging Tough. Whoa, was <laughs> well, welcome to Snappy J. It is a Wednesday in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is brought to you by Buyers Auto, the best place to buy a newer used car in Central Ohio. Toughness, toughness, toughness. Do you think that we can be done with that conversation yet or no? I thought we were already done with it, but I, <laughs> I guess thanks to Lou Holtz, we're not. Uh, I would like to put it to rest, please. Please and thank you. It's it's weird to me. Yeah. We mentioned this earlier in the week. I, and then Lou Holtz decided to double down for whatever reason and not just take the L that he was handed. <laughs> and so that continued the conversation. So we were in here in the Woody on a Wednesday, talked to Kyle McCord, Cody Simon, uh, and Emeka Ibuka. And it was a pretty quiet week for Ohio State. They didn't have a ton to do. There's not a team on this board that they have to beat this week. They're focused only on the block O in Ohio State. And yet they're still getting you know, some of these same questions about if they proved it, if they how they feel about their coach defending themselves, defending their team against Lou Holtz, this big, bad bully, 86 year old bully. This is kind of the strangest storyline that I can recall. It's, it's very silly. Um, it started out, I think is quite fun and we'll see how long it persists, but I think it gets old and corny quite quick. And like, it's not, it's not from in here anymore. Right. It's, it's still like people putting Lou Holtz on their radio shows to talk about it more. So I'm not blaming Ohio state for this, but, uh, yeah, it's it's now like I think transitioned over into odd more than anything else. <laughs> it is a very strange feud, um, and I think again the part that is the craziest is that you simply cannot survive in Ohio State practice, Ohio State offseason conditioning, the scrutiny that comes with playing for the Buckeyes if you don't have mental and physical toughness. Like yeah, th- there can you have to separate the two, and I think that there seems to be sometimes a problem with that coverage of Ohio State, whether that's national media, whether that's us sometimes looking at short yardage or whatever else, like it, just because you may not be able to execute certain plays has nothing to do with whether you're actually tough or not. No, I, w- I would say, I-, I said this on the radio earlier today, like Mar- Marvin Harrison Jr. getting his ankle folded up underneath him, taping it up and going back out and playing, I think is pretty tough. Uh, Cody Simon, who we talked to today, talking about last year getting fooled on a very similar play to what Notre Dame ran on, on the fourth and one where he stopped Sam Hartman at the sticks and then remembering that and locking it in his brain and then seeing it again and executing it better and stopping Notre Dame trying to get a first down. Like, I think that is toughness and then throwing your shoulder into Sam Hartman at the end is toughness. Toughness does not equate to short yardage. <laughs> now they have to be better in short yardage. They need to have a better plan there, but I don't, I don't know that that's the thing that you hold up now. It's like, Nope, still not tough. Um, and even, like Ryan did was obviously like fired up about this. I, I actually agree with him. If you want to go all the way back to like the Michigan game last year, I don't think that was a toughness issue. I agree with him that it was like the second half of the game two years ago where they got pushed around. I didn't think they got pushed around last year. Maybe they could have been mentally tougher in that game and executed a little bit better, but I don't think that was a question of physical toughness either. Um, I think this team has plenty of toughness to go around however you want to define it as long as we are not saying it is strictly short yardage execution because I think that's wrong. All right, so you mentioned number 18 and that ankle getting folded up. Yeah, the Monarch is back there. It's currently not being used. I promise you, earlier on Wednesday, it was. Marvin Harrison was still out there. The ankle was taped up. I said, hey, Marv, you know you can take a day off every now and then, especially if you're hurt. Uh, And he was like, oh, can I? Nah, I'm good. (laughs) I liked what uh, we were talking with Kyle McCord. He's going to be on the podcast later this week. And he said, if you cut Marvin's arm open, you'd find wires. (laughs) He he wouldn't bleed. Uh, Yeah, he is. You know, it's what makes him great. He is robotic in his approach, um, but 
he wouldn't be who he is if he wasn't. Yeah. So Marvin Harrison Jr. back out there. He doesn't need a ton of practice reps, but he was not skipping uh, time on the Monarch machine, catching balls uh, with Xavier Johnson uh, and Reese Stockdale. A very normal Wednesday for him. I think it is a good thing still that Ohio State does not have to play on Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, not just for Marvin's ankle, but you know Kyle McCord took a beating in that game, Lathan Ransom, Cody Simon, guys that we talked to, Mecca Buka, a lot of physical physicality in that game. Ohio State does need some of this time, I think, to you know get re-energized, refresh, recover. There's always the argument about whether this is the, the right time. Do you want to keep the momentum going? I am firmly in this. I'm going to stake, stake the flag right here. This was a good off week for Ohio State. I was not convinced of that when I first saw it because when you get on the other side of it and you got to play eight more games without a reprieve, I, I think that's difficult, especially when those eight games include a trip to Wisconsin, Penn State, and, and Michigan. But now, having watched the Notre Dame game on television and seeing how physical it was, and like Berm was talking about being there in person, just like you like you felt and heard the way that game was played, uh, it is very good for Ohio State to say not have to go on the road and play a top twenty team this week, like mm. Notre Dame, like Notre Dame has to do on Saturday night. At Duke, not not to say that Ohio State would lose if they were in that situation, or that Notre Dame was going to lose in that situation. Although I think they are, um, it's just a tough tough turnaround. So it does come at a very good time for them. Um, I think even like it's not even the physical toll that it takes on your body. It's like a lot of guys have played a lot of snaps in these first four weeks because the games have not been all that lopsided. So I think it is it is coming at a welcome time. The betting show has an off week, mm-hmm. just like the Buckeyes, but. Bill's giving you a free one right there. Yeah, that's and it's the always a good idea <laughs> to take Bill's gambling advice. It's not, but this will be the one that I win because it's not, you know, because it doesn't anywhere. go for the team. Yeah, okay. I was a count on the record. I, was, I, I went over five last week. So is that it's going, good? It's going, it's going great. <laughs> Can we put up the totals right now? Because <laughs> I had a much better week and I think I'm still comfortably in first. Yeah, but just have burn put broke over my head. <laughs> <laughs> broke boy over here. What's the most interesting thing you heard on Wednesday? Again, just three Buckeyes. Uh, talking, we're supposed to get four, but Lathan Ransom was popping into a safety meeting, uh, and yeah. I think that was probably a better use of his time. No hard feelings, Lathan. No, um, I thought it was interesting hearing Kyle McCord now, I think being a little more comfortable as QB1, like knowing he's the guy and being willing to talk like a little more ball, talk about his process a little more, exactly what he was seeing. Like it, it, the interesting play that I thought he like diagrammed, and it's just, it's just a way to kind of like get inside his head, right? The play to Marvin that should have been a reception that they called like incomplete and then pass interference, whatever the heck happened there. Um, he said like before that snap, he thought he thought Notre Dame was showing a look where Marvin was going to be bracketed, and then the safeties rotated after the snap and it ended up single coverage on Marvin. So Kyle knew to go there immediately and he threw the ball to him in a one on one, which he's going to do all the time. But I just thought it was good to kind of hear him go through some of that stuff, and it makes it easier for us, I think, to to analyze his game a little more when we, when we sort of know what he's thinking as, as the bullets are flying and the things are happening live for him. So I hope we get more and more of that as we, as we talk to him. I'm probably, he's going to get the treatment where we talk to him every week now, probably throughout the year. Right. So um, it was good to, to hear some different talking points from him. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that as well uh, with Kyle McCord, because you can't, you can't get to this level playing as a starting quarterback for Ryan day and this Ohio state offense with being very analytical and process driven about playing the game. And like, we may not be able to understand it, but that's why it helps if there's a guy who can describe it pretty concisely or clearly like Mm -hmm. i think that's important uh i talk about that all the time with like the coaches when they go in the room and they're able to describe some things on a much more simplified level that you can understand and then go on and like understand what you're seeing for me i mean you you understand ball at a higher level than i do so that's i just think it you may not need it but once it's trickled down i remember with cj justin fields was capable of doing the Mm -hmm. same thing Dwayne, 
you can gauge their process, I think, by the way that they're able to talk about it. And it's not that Kyle McCord could or couldn't do that a month ago, but the questions were going to be different. He hadn't done it. He hadn't gone through four games. He hadn't seen a bunch of different looks. They were going to be focused on, you know, the quarterback battle, his relationship with Devin Brown, all those things that don't have anything to do with actually playing the position. And now that Ohio State has passed all that, I think we're going to continue to learn a lot more about Kyle McCord. We certainly did on Saturday. Yep. He was not phased by the moment in any way. And he, you can understand how you, how somebody could have been fourth and seven, third and 10, third and 19. Uh, it, it is funny how the third and 19 has become the more like shorthand version of the Notre Dame game rather than like <laughs> chip train him, but yeah, yeah. the actual touchdown itself. But like, that's where you find out a lot about your quarterback and Ohio state had already thrown its support behind him, but they're like, if there was one or two stragglers, how could there not be at this point? Like, you have to be on board. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think they definitely are. And, and I probably like hearing things like Kyle, Kyle was asked specifically about his third down efficiency in this game and said like, yeah, like I heard people questioning whether or not I was able and willing to perform in those levels. And he said like, I think I showed that, but he said like, more importantly, like we showed that, like it wasn't, he wasn't out here like pounding his chest, like, look how good I am. See, you were all wrong. Like he's, He's hitting all the right notes, I think, not not only on the field with his play, but as he talks about himself and this team, I think to continue to galvanize the group around him and and how, you know, they have to believe him. How could you not believe in his ability to go win you a game right now after what he just did in South Bend? And it's not that Ohio State did not believe in its previous quarterbacks to do the same thing. It's just that like not all of them were put into the situation that Kyle was put into on Saturday against Notre Dame and, and delivered in, in, in quite that way. And, and for him to do it in his what, fifth career start, his fourth start of the year, him being the full-time starter, um, I think it's going to do wonders for not only his confidence, but the way that this team believes in him. Anything else stand out to you from uh, Cody or Mecca? I liked Cody talking about like what all this stuff with Ryan Day and Lou Holtz like actually means for Ohio State, and it's not you know the crazy talking points and people getting as many clicks or whatever out of it as they can. Like I actually, <laughs> I actually think it mattered to Ohio State's players that Ryan Day defended him in that manner and and or defended them in that manner. And I know there's. We've heard some mixed feelings from Ohio State fans about whether or not Ryan Day should have handled that the way he did, and, and I guess you can critique that if you want to, but but truly all that matters is what the people in this building thought of it, and, and to a man, it's, it seems like that was a big moment for them, and, and Cody said, like, we, we knew that he had our back, but it was good to see that there, and now we have his in turn, and I, I think teams that want to do the things that Ohio State wants to do need that element, so however silly you thought that might have been, I, I actually do think it matters. Yeah, and it... Uh, he- the point of it was not necessarily to call attention to Ryan Day himself or to embarrass Lou Holtz. I mean, the message was being delivered through the national media to the locker room. Yeah. And because it's one thing to say those sorts of things in, when the doors are closed. It's like, I do have your back. You guys are tough. Don't listen to anybody else. But if you continue to hear it over and over and over, and you know that those players do, like Kyle McCord talked about that uh, with, you know, whether it was criticism of his self, of himself or, the rest of the team, like, yeah, you can't help but see it. And they're being told, well, don't respond to that. It doesn't matter. Man in the arena, all those other things. But at some point, somebody has does have to take a stand. I agree with that. And this was as good a moment as any for Ryan Day to do that. Uh, whether it's good for business or good for clicks is beside the point. Right. I think that it was, this team is really tired of this being knocked and being called finesse and born on third base and all the other things that are lobbed their way. Like I do agree that at some point you have to say, knock it off. Nobody is winning as many games as frequently as Ohio state 
And yes, they did. They fell short against Michigan two years in a row. They haven't won the Big Ten in a couple of years. Like those things are all true. But this is a pretty sound structure in here. Like the program is in <laughs> fine. So. Yeah, <laughs> is in fine shape. And I don't. There's nothing wrong with occasionally pointing that out. There's not. And and I think that you know they they probably do need to do or, or I don't know if they need to do it. But it, I agree with the sentiment that like Ohio State has taken a lot of shots over the last probably two years. Some of that is is deserved, I would say, because you have to perform on the field, and, and they've come up a little bit short in some areas, particularly against Michigan. But it's okay to take a stand for yourself too, and, and I, I think you do need to do that. And, and the head coach is doing it. The, maybe the players less so, right? The players can just sort of do it with their play on the field, which I thought they did against Notre Dame. They'll have to do it again moving forward when they play some of these tougher physical matchups with Penn State and Michigan, and maybe Wisconsin is that too. Like they're going to have to answer the bell again. But they did it on Saturday night, man. It's like I, I don't know what else you want from them when you're trying to gauge whether or not they have the intangible things you need to have to win those kind of games. They, they just showed it to you. It doesn't guarantee future success, but we'll get there when we get there if they need to channel that again. But for the time being, like they answered the call. So what, like what else do you want? Maybe it is the, the coach prime effect. Yeah. Like bring a little attention to your program and the people won't pay as much attention to the results. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll think you're good. Even when you have serious flaws, <laughs> like Colorado has on both sides yeah. of the ball. I shouldn't even say it that way because Ohio state and Colorado they're playing a completely different sport right now. Like, yeah, they're, yeah. they're not in the same ballpark. I would love to see those two teams play on this off week just for fun because I think Ohio State would be favored by 50. Well, Colorado's got to play USC this week, so they've already got their hands full. What's bet on that game? Uh, hmm. What's this? I think it's, is it still, is it three touchdowns like the Oregon game? I don't know what it is. I think, uh, surely last week influenced the Lions. Yeah, I would say that the Colorado is probably cruising for a bruising again in that one. And it's like, I would say more about them, I think, than it does USC. Just as like, I think, 21 last, and a half. I think last week said more about them than it did Oregon, but they're just not, they're not a complete football team by the, that must be the Alex yeah. Grinch factor. Probably. No, I would, yeah, never underestimate Alex Grinch's ability to make a game interesting that, that shouldn't be. So, <laughs> so maybe this one will be closer than the experts think, but I think it happened it, again just last yeah, week. It happened last week, but I think, I think the difference this week is that USC might score 80. So even if Colorado scores 40, it'll still be a cover. All right. Well, Alex Grinch, that was the Ohio State tie to bring it all back together That's right. and wrap up snap judgments on a Woody Wednesday. Thanks to Byers Auto, as always, for helping bring this to you all. Uh, that's pretty much going to be a wrap. We'll have some more podcast dailies throughout the week, of course. Uh, Bill and I are working on a show that might be able to bring a, a version of Road Breaks to you on Saturday where we're going to take text questions and some questions from ohiostate.rivals.com as we spin forward to October and what comes down the stretch. So look for that. Uh, we'll try and do that on Saturday afternoon because we're not going to have a game to cover. Yeah, I think I think Doug and I might try, because we're not going to have the Saturday post game show, we might try to hit you with a podcast Saturday morning which will be like refreshing the draft we did in the preseason of like Ohio State's best players. So okay. if we're four games in, they just played a big game. We're on an off week. I think we feel like it's a good time to do that. So we're going to try to get that to you Saturday morning. Not cool. live, but it'll be there. It'll be there. Yeah, we'll still have some coverage for you, of course, as we get ready then the week after for Ohio State and Maryland. A huge showdown of potential unbeatens. We'll see. We'll, we'll see Maryland's what Mike got Indiana or this yeah. week, right? Yeah. What Mike Loxley's got cooked up. Um, but until then, that'll do it for Snap Judgments, brought to you by Byers Auto. Thanks for joining us. He's Bill. I'm Austin. We'll talk to you later.